1: LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, k 5 ux Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
2: Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 341 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. And we do this every Monday night. So if you have not tuned in to hear it live, you probably should, because there's lots of things you don't get to hear if you don't do that. We know not everybody can be here on Monday nights, but if you can, you should. And you should jump into our Discord server, and you should participate there. There are things going on in the Discord all week long, pretty much 24 hours a day. And we'd love to have you participate. Links are on the website and in the outro, so check it out. But we'll move on with this episode, 341, our short topics episode. I'm Russ, K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5MOO.
3: And I'm Bill, NE4RD.
2: So without further ado, we will jump right into some short topics on amateur radio. And Bill will tell us about the IARU.
3: Yeah, absolutely. The IARU Region 2 announces workshop, uh, workshop schedule. That's a way to start. <clears throat> the response to the original notice of workshops was far beyond our expectations. 230 registered and more are still registering. With so much interest being expressed, the executive committee of the IARU Region 2 appointed Augusto Galbaldani OA4DOH as workshops coordinator to set up the process for initial setup of workshops to and to develop and manage an ongoing workshops for all amateurs in IARU region 2 because I can't say that enough. And uh, the the couple of uh, workshops that they're talking about, they have a few of these in uh, Spanish, but uh, for the English ones that were uh, you know very specific to the US uh, US and uh, Canada market. Uh, They have two of them coming up. It's an MCOM uh, topic of WinLink 101, and that's on Wednesday, May 13th at uh, 1900 Eastern Daylight Time or 2300 UTC. Uh, The other one they have uh, coming up on uh, Wednesday, May 27th at 2300 UTC is uh, Satellite Communications 101. So I, I didn't know they were even doing these, but I guess they are. So, uh, yeah, check out uh, the IARU Region 2 website, and we linked it in the show notes here and for future and uh, uh, current topics.
2: Very cool. I'll have to admit I wasn't paying attention to any of that. I was in the chat room.
0: <laughs> <Nice>. so. <laughs> Whatever. So I
2: just throw in very cool. It makes it sound like I'm paying attention, which I'm not.
0: Yeah,
3: Awesome.
2: Cool. So we'll move on, and I'll I'll read this next one because it looks like I might be able to, even though it's a cut and paste like usual. (laughs) But but to be fair, at least Bill was actually doing some cut and paste, which I was not.
0: It's very long too.
2: It is very long, but we'll try and get through it. Emergency ventilator designed and constructed by hams going to FDA. Radio amateurs have succeeded in providing a complete working ventilator system to the University of Florida researchers who are in the process of applying to the fda for an emergency use authorization (EUA) or or ua a, su- a successful submission would blaze the way for volunteers and manufacturers around the world to create low-cost highly functional intensive care unit or anesthesia care ventilators that offer many of the features of modern ventilators at a fraction of the typical cost until it hits the insurance market when it gets marked up three thousand percent yeah exactly <laughs> Dr. Gordon Gibby, Kilo X-ray for Zulu, that's a cool call sign. KX4Z, who is associated with the project, said efforts to further improve the device are ongoing. He says, "Quote: We made a stunning improvement in accuracy of the system and measured volumes last night at about 1 a.m." He told the AWRL, "Accuracy of that particular alarm measurement went from about 300 percent down to about 10 percent." The FDA submission is being readied, but we keep making engineering improvements. He continues. Perhaps the most surprising development was the addition of the ability to sense patient effort to take a breath and immediately switch to assisting the patient with that breath, known as assist control ventilation. This is expected to allow far lighter sedation of patients, potentially even no sedation, and allows patients' crucial respiratory muscles to keep up their strength. He said current design goes far beyond the FDA's guidance document for emergency ventilator deployment. And the amateurs mentioned in the project are Bob Benedict, KD8CGH, Jack Purdom, WATEE, Marcelo Veranda, VA3MVV, Ashar Farhan, VU2ESE, and Mark Reed WA9ZCO. And that came from the AWL. Hey, that's pretty cool.
0: It's not deployment, it was development. Sure. I'm just telling you.
2: I got through all of that without making it. I don't even think I did an um, and I screwed up one word, and you're going to call me The out. very
0: <laughs> last word.
2: <laughs>
0: Deploy and developer are a little different.
2: They are different, but honestly, I'm not sure it changes the focus of the article. No, no so. maybe not, so. <laughs> But anyway, that is cool. I, I like how they're really coming together on this. And I know we've talked a little bit in past episodes about other ventilator projects that are in the works. This one sounds like it could really help out. So cool! And uh, are you up for reading one over there?
0: No. no. <laughs> why, why do I? She sees Reddit on it and she says no. <laughs> I've, already, I've already read it. Went it.
3: Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll do this because I just found this today. One. Yeah. So uh, this is a uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, this is a folding Moxon Yagi hybrid for uh, satellite work. So this is from Reddit user just want to unicycle. Uh, This is a 2-meter Moxon-type antenna with the parasitic elements for 70 centimeters. The SWR is below 1.5 to 1 for the typical satellite frequencies. So far, I've heard AO91 and 92 and SO50. I made a similar antenna a few years ago, and it was pretty fragile and large, obnoxious to store, and I never had any luck working sats with it. My idea for this one was to make it stronger by using 8th inch by half inch aluminum bar stock and connect the moving pieces with wing nuts to make it easily collapsible for transport and storage. The 70-centimeter elements detach completely and fit in the PVC pipe boom. Putting it together takes about 90 seconds, and I expect it to be faster once I change out with uh, center wing nuts for curled or knurled, curled, yeah, knurled, knurled nuts (laughs) that won't interfere with each other. Uh, now that I can hear the sets, my problem is learning how to get in and make a contact. Oh, maybe he should attend that, uh, that workshop that the IARUR2 is, uh, putting, uh, putting out there. So anyway, this came from Reddit and it was really cool. He included a uh, GitLab to his design picks and stuff like that. He's also stated that he's going to, uh, fully document out the build with like parts and, and everything else and, uh, make like a, you know, bill of materials for it. Uh, that he'll make all available on his uh, GitLab account. So uh, take a look at that. It looks really, really cool, and uh, yeah, it uh, it looks slick. <laughs> I was even thinking about building one myself, <laughs> even though I can't really do satellite, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I could try with my Baya right? I could do it.
0: Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
2: Speaking of satellites, I did something for the first time. What was it? Last night, after the, uh, yeah, yeah. the Starlink stuff happened, yeah. the starlink project is a bunch of uh leo it's satellites 60. oh no there's way more than 60. Oh, this well, this was just the me, yeah. latest yeah, the last, round no,
0: yeah. right no but right the ones we were watching for were the 60 that were out just floating flood. by last night.
2: right by spacex they're way too low on the horizon for us to see but um we wanted to find out when we would be able to see them and it turns out they will be high over north american continent right after the show tonight um, there'll be a 60-plus-degree pass of these 60 Starlink satellites. And the way I found that out was I actually loaded external TLE data into g not just using the click-the-button-and-download stuff. So that's something I did Sweet. for the first time. Yeah. Wow. Um, SpaceX is providing TLE data for all of their satellites. And, of course, G-Predict... Gives you the option of just loading external TLE data from wherever you find it. So that was pretty cool. Uh, What's interesting though, is because all 60 of those satellites are basically right together, it just creates this big white glowing blob of uh, propagation (laughs) (laughs) as it passes over. It's basically just a big, it's like a giant white oval passing over wherever they're going (laughs) because there's a, the radiation pattern of all 60 of them very 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 close together right. <laughs> so it's kind of cool though you definitely will see them i don't know if you'll see them that well by actually going outside and looking up but uh yeah you give it a try after the show's over and see if you can see them pass by they go from southwest to northeast and like i said in the central us they're going to be at about 65 degrees so there you go cool all right so let's move on to some open source and, Bill, you'll have to tackle this one because there's, there's like, strike throughs in it.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, just, somebody just found a link. He just put this, <laughs> I, I read about this on the IKEA website a couple weeks okay, ago. Okay, then why did you uh-huh. do it? So well, that's the reason why I put that in there.
2: Then, well, then you do
0: it. But Bill was the one who like, Oh, okay, yeah, I did real quick. <laughs> so
2: this
3: is uh, the open source project that we're talking about. I'm just pasting an image of it in the uh, chat room. This is called the Grow Room. And this is an Ikea product called the what, the Green Dreams Grow Room. It's so nice. Um, anyway, so they released it under the Creative Common Attribute 4.0 international license. This project is hosted on GitHub, gives you the plans, instructional manual, and drawings to get you started in building your own sphere-shaped grow room. Now, it looks kind of short for, like, what typical grow rooms would have in it, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it uh it looks really cool and if you happen to have access to somebody who has a, an actual CNC to uh make all the intricate cuts for you, uh it would be really simple to uh to get it cut. Otherwise I don't think you're gonna want to do this with a jigsaw. You're gonna be yeah, busy. Yeah,
2: busy. <laughs> you got a lot of
3: time box, on your yeah. hands, I suppose. Yeah. It looks really slick and uh yeah, I don't know. It looks it, it's it's kinda cool. And it's cool yeah, that it's they open cool. sourced it, yeah. Yeah. It it looks very IKEA. It's yeah. Oh,
0: no, it's definitely Ikea.
3: <laughs> I want to see the instruction manual with the unhappy man, about halfway through it says,
2: oh, we're not done yet.
3: Come with on. an
0: Allen wrench in his hand. You know? yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> How many Allen head screws are there in this build? Yeah. 340.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least yeah. they didn't name it like the Backe or something. Yeah, yeah I was so. waiting for something
3: like a forlorn. It'll
2: be the cyclical plantain.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably what it would be. So. Yeah.
3: House that Jane built. Oh wait, never mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I have been known to be walking through IKEA because Russ's mother is from Sweden. I've been walking through IKEA and I'll call her. I'll be like, "So, what does this mean in Swedish?" And I'll read her the <laughs> name off of a tag, and she'll immediately go, "What have you got?" I'll be like, "A bookcase," and she means. This, tall wooden case or tall wooden rack or something like that I'm like okay so i'll move on to the next time she's like will you stop
2: yeah <laughs> to, to be fair most of the ikea names are nonsensical some, yeah, some not, do mean made, things, made up mostly yeah it right?
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> could be like names
0: well it's yeah. like one of the toys the dogs has is a ghost which is a it's a or it's a rat and so russ called her and she's like what is it and he's like oh, it's a stuffed animal." And she's like, that means soft and cuddly rat. And he's like, oh, well, the dogs are like that. And she's like, what is it? And he's like, it's a rat stuffed animal. And she's like, oh, okay. Soft <laughs> and cuddly, though. Yeah.
2: P- publicly shame <laughs> IKEA for having the cutest stuffed shark toy
0: that they that we can't. That's been yet. out of
2: stock for like six months. <laughs> oh, I think we have one of those. The little one or the big one? Because they have the big uh... ones
0: the little one is like you know seven or eight inches long maybe
3: yeah i think we got that for uh for my grandson when we were in uh, the minneapolis one
0: of course yeah we also got him the s-
3: snake the snake is called something silly too i can't yeah. remember
0: <laughs> yeah they they have been out of the Like jungle
3: strogan or something like something that, like right? that yeah. Yeah, we, we have wanted
0: to get the dogs the shark since thanksgiving and we keep checking the store and keep checking the app, and it's still out of stock. And I'm like, all right, I just give up. So,
2: yeah, they'll come back. They'll either come back in someday or they'll just take they them won't. off the website. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway. So, Cheryl can do the next one. Cheryl <laughs> sure can do the next one? Okay. Sure, why not? All right,
0: cool. Do sure. the next one. Yay, yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> Put my phone away. You shouldn't have your
3: phone anyway. <laughs> Excuse me. She was like in me already. Yeah, she yeah, was, was ordering was, some more yeah. stuff. Oh.
0: Yeah, I was getting Checking right to right see again. if the shark was in stock. Yeah. 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 Can't you order it?
2: I'll do that yeah. while you
0: read. Okay. So, <laughs> so our next story is coming soon. A Fedora on Lenovo laptops. Today by Matthew Miller on April 24th, 2020. I'm excited to share some big news with you. Fedora Workstation will be available on Lenovo ThinkPad li- laptops. Yes, I know. Many of us already run a Fedora operating system on a Lenovo system, but this is different. You'll soon be able to get the Fedora pre-installed by selecting it as you customize your purchase. This is a pilot of Lenovo's Linux Community Series Fedora Edition, beginning with ThinkPad P1 Gen 2, ThinkPad P53, and ThinkPad X1 Gen 8 laptops. Excuse me, X1. Yeah, Dora's gonna cut that out. Possibly expanding to you other. I don't
2: cut things out.
0: Well, whatever. There's a huge, <laughs> there's a huge gap. As I was like trying to. Oh,
2: the gaps get cut out automatically. Yeah. Oh, you can okay. you can yeah, pause yeah. as long as you want, and it will it'll, it'll all come
0: So, possibly expanding to other models in the future. The Lenovo team has been working with folks at Red Hat who work on the Fedora desktop technologies to make sure that the upcoming Fedora 32 workstation is ready to go on their laptops. The best part about this is that we're not bending the rules for them. Lenovo is following our existing trademark guidelines and respects our open-source principles. That's right. These laptops ship with software exclusively from the official uh, uh, Fedora repos. When they ship, you'll see Fedora 32 workstation. Models which can benefit from the NVIDIA binary driver can install it on the normal way after the fact by opting in proprietary software sources. And this came from Fedora Magazine. Woot,
2: woot, woot. Yeah, Bill's Bill's got like a hard
0: done (laughs) 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 every time i try
2: to make some sort of weirdly like
0: (laughs) i i could like see like smoke coming out of your ears like how am i gonna tie this together
2: (laughs) i can't make any sexual references people get upset oh yeah yeah (laughs) fedora's Uh, nice it's it's kind of cool that you're you're kind of working a lot with fedora because it does give us another angle to approach stories from and people who use fedora can know that it's at least almost as easy to get a shack box set up on fedora or maybe even as easy as on ubuntu
3: it definitely is easy it's not as easy only because uh, well, we'll find out later about the latest Ubuntu LTS release, obviously. <laughs> so we'll talk about that later.
2: We'll okay. talk about that, like, uh, now. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the Flash release,
3: yeah, for sure. Um, Do you want me to do this one? I can do it real quick. Sure. Okay, sure. Yeah, sure. So we have a flash release. Actually, we had a couple of flash releases. I'll I'll talk about our first one here. And it's, of course, Ubuntu 20.04 LTS is released. On April twenty third, 2020, Canonical, uh, the publisher of Ubuntu today announced the general availability of Ubuntu 20.04 LTS with a particular emphasis on security and performance. Ubuntu has reached uh, the top of the independent rankings of enterprise Linux security. Uh, Ubuntu 20.04 LTS applies kernel self-protection measures, assures control flow integrity, and adds stack clash protection for systemic forward-looking enterprise security. So if you need all that, go for it. Uh, Let's see what else we have here. So uh, it also includes secure boot. So that's something new to protect against low-level attacks and rootkits often employed by advanced persistent threat groups. And limits attack proliferation or blast radius with strict snap confinement of key exposed applications on the desktop and server, such as those as the local uh, Kubernetes packages, micro KDS to mitigate social engineering attacks. Ubuntu 2004 LTS introduces fast ID online or FIDO. That's kind of interesting. Uh, for a universal multi-factor and passwordless authentication, WireGuard is a new and simplified VPN with modern cryptography uh, defaults. WireGuard is included in uh, Ubuntu 20.04 LTS and will be backported to uh, Ubuntu 18.04 LTS for those of you that do not want to update uh, to support widespread enterprise adoption. Uh, let's see what else we have. Uh, the new Windows subsystem for Linux version 2 and Windows 10 enables deep and direct integration of Ubuntu and Windows desktops and servers, both for cross-platform development and for sophisticated blended Windows Linux production capabilities. So many, 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 many updates and many, 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 many changes. So check it out. Uh, the latest release of Ubuntu is out.
2: Yes, it is. And I have something to say about that when we get to the next topic. Not Well, not the next topic, but Linux in the Hamtchack. So Sure. All right. So you're going to talk about uh, Manjaro? Yes.
3: Yeah, so I'll mention this real quick. So <laughs> this is the, the operating system I, or distribution I hate to, or love to hate. <laughs> so, so yeah, Manjaro, uh, you know, not wanting to be left behind. They released 20.0 Linux distribution. Uh, its code name is Lycia, 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 Lycia. We'll lycia and has been released on april 27th 2020 oh my god that's like today it's right off the presses even though the build is from yesterday uh the release is the second big linux release in a short period of time that's right they just had 19 and it was a stellar release except for if you try to compile something like i did yesterday um Interested users can download full and minimum ISO images from the project's uh, official download site. Manjaro 20 is offered in KDE Plasma, XFCE, GNOME, and Architect, as well as cinnamon flavors. So tasty. Maybe we'll have chai next time instead of just cinnamon. I like a little chai. (laughs) Um, (laughs) XFCE version of Manjaro 2.0 remains the project's flagship version, and I can attest to that. Uh, Users are new to Manjaro may want to start using it unless they have prior experience with the other DEs. and prefer a different one and that story came to us from ghex so there you go so if you want manjaro go find it
2: and if we haven't made it clear which we usually do that manjaro is actually arch Linux, just yes yeah. made <laughs> semi easy that's the idea that's the idea behind manjaro yes <laughs> so all right so with that, we've come down to the end of our open source topics, but we're going to talk more open source in our Linux in the Hamshack segment. And these are, of course, stubs of topics. So, Bill, guess what? You get to do most of this, <laughs> uh, except to the point where you want me to comment on why you're wrong about Gnome. We'll get to that in a minute. But, yes, uh, okay. Yes. So, so go, I'll talk about a
3: little bit about since the latest releases are out, I'm kind of refreshing the videos. And uh, I, I did one real quick with GNOME on Ubuntu 20.04, which is the, the regular disk that you get. Um, and I decided to redo it in Zubuntu because I just think it it's it's more simple and more easy to see what's changing in uh, Zubuntu than the other for the video purposes. But the instructions obviously will work for any of the flavors of Ubuntu 20.04 LTS. And uh, I do have to say it was uh, super easy and quick. The only thing that was slow was my internet connection. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to all the people at home suffering from uh, you know uh, work from home syndrome.
2: Moving all the crap onto your new NAS.
3: Yeah, and we got got at least uh, six terabytes thrown on the new NAS, so that's so great. We uh, got that all working, so I'm really happy about that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I shot the video in the uh, in the uh, in the VM. So that's how I did the install and everything else. I'm going to finish up the uh, voiceover and everything else and then put a little intro and outro in it. So that will be available on our YouTube channel as soon as I get it. And then, of course, it'll be linked in the show notes here. So I don't know if I'll have it out before we actually get this episode out, which probably won't. But um, be on the lookout for for our YouTube video. If you haven't subscribed, click the subscribe button and then you can click the little bell if you want to get notified as soon as new videos are out. And uh, you installed 2004 LTS. Do you want to talk a little bit about your shack computer?
2: Yeah, it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, besides the computer part
3: of your shack computer. Well,
2: I'm not not unconvinced that it's not 2004 that's locking up the machine because it ran flawlessly on 1804. So, and I can't imagine just installing new OS suddenly caused some sort of weird hardware problem because that doesn't seem logical. So I'm wondering if 2004 didn't bork my computer, but one I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and reinstall. I actually spent some time partitioning the system this time, where I actually separated out temp and var and opt and user local. So doing a reinstall will be a lot easier this time around. Um, but the biggest thing I've noticed is that when you do like a do-release upgrade from 1804 for some reason 2004 is not considered an LTS at least it's not on my machine
3: uh it won't not well cuz you're going from 19.10 or what or 20 uh no 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 19, i went 19, from 1804 10. yeah so you can't upgrade you can force it to upgrade
2: no i know you can i i did it from 1804 yeah, okay. and from
3: 1910 both
2: oh okay and if you do just a do release upgrade without specifying the d option or going into the config file and allowing yeah, it, it on upgrade. lts release it won't
3: yeah, not it. till dot one. So uh, to go to, it has to go to 2004.01 before an LTS will do a due release upgrade without being forced to.
2: Well, then, hell, I shouldn't have upgraded so soon. That's been documented. <laughs> I, I, guess so, yeah. I know, and I've said it, too. You never go with a dot .0 release because you know yeah. you're just going to get screwed. And apparently that's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> <laughs>
3: and Your mileage the mileage may vary. So. <laughs> but I did a Gnome and I did a, a Zumba too and both of them ran fine. I but I haven't run like, you know, long-term software on it. You know, I just did it for the video purposes. So, I I didn't actually run the hams when, when did yours lock up was it just locking up randomly or did it lock up yeah, just the, when you're running the software
2: no it's it just randomly locks up you let it just run for a while like i'll have WSJTX and grid tracker running and then a few hours later i'll come back and the whole thing's just locked up you i know grid tracker no <laughs> i'm wondering it's not sdr angel because i don't remember it locking up before i built sdr angel oh interesting but yeah. i'm not running sdr angel so i mean you know why would software that's not actually in memory cause a lockup so
3: yeah that's true that's just kind of odd
2: it is odd I, i'm just going to do a reinstall and if it still starts locking up after that then i'm going to Dell and buy a new machine
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Now you're gonna get that mower fixed first and you're gonna start mowing the lawn
2: <laughs>
1: well as soon as i get that freaking bushing i can do that but
3: yeah <laughs> So in the same light as this, I uh, I tried doing it with uh, Manjaro 19 because I kind of wanted to do another video showing that yes we can do it in Arch and not have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> and um, unfortunately, uh, I knew it was going to be a problem. So uh, you know, anytime you use the AUR, your mileage may vary on what the actual outcome would be. And as soon as I saw, as soon as I saw GCC being compiled. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is not going to end well. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Glib C started crapping out and then nothing would build after that. So, yeah, another Manjaro attempt in the dump. <laughs> <laughs> so, I uh, I just flashed that machine with this uh, Manjaro 20. I have not uh, have not gone through the steps yet, but um, I will I will give you feedback on that in a future episode. Or magically, a video will appear in our YouTube channel <laughs> showing success. Look, you can get some applications running on Manjaro without pulling your hair out. Um, but of course, in the VM, having to compile stuff, it takes a while. So uh, all that stuff will be fast forwarded for your pleasure.
2: Okay. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. boy. Yeah, just <clears throat> it just so, reminds me of Garth ribbed for her pleasure.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so
3: and then the, the last thing was my opinion thing I had in here, and it's it's why I hate gnome. <laughs> we well,
2: can't will... even pronounce it right, so you don't get to complain.
3: Okay. Gnome. <laughs> GNOME. Anyway. We
2: had someone uh, on the show many years ago. Who told from the Gnome project who told us that's how you say it. So yeah. if, you, if you're saying, well, GNOME,
3: I believe I huh? believe it.
2: Yeah, so if you're saying <laughs> Gnome and QT,
3: grow uh, up. okay, I'm so sorry, I'm you're totally illegitimate here. So don't listen to anything I have to say. No, that's anyway. okay. You're
2: gonna totally rebut anything I have to say about Gnome <sighs> once you uh tell me all the things you hate about it. So let's go, <laughs>
3: okay? So I, I have to also say, I'm gonna there's a caveat to this. My Fedora installation runs Gnome. You know. <laughs> so I'm using it as my daily driver on my box. So it's not like I'm a pure hater. But I do have a problem with it, especially when you're trying to show stuff like in the menu, like in the grid. I guess it's a super menu or whatever you want to call that. You know, when you hit the Windows key and you get the uh, Windows 8 start menu in it. <laughs> Um, you can't read anything because, you know, especially if you have like a, you know, mine have a credit monitors out here in the garage because they're garage monitors, uh, the 1600 by 900, which should be plenty big enough for, you know, doing stuff on, but like you can't read any of the stupid text on any of the items. You have to know your icons. Um, if you have two items that are similar, uh, but maybe has a different like suffix on it, like, I'm trying to think of the exact thing that I'm uh, thinking of. Um, well, think of, like, uh, shoot, like the software center. So when you're in, in, uh, in uh, Ubuntu, 2004 specifically, and you go to the software center. So if you were to do that on your box, you click it, and you start typing software center in the top, you'll see two icons. One's, like, kind of grayish, and then the other one's, like, bluish purple or something like that. The one on the right is the go into the configuration side of the software updater. The one on the left is just the regular, I want to look through the software catalog. Uh, You can't see a difference between the two unless you know the color and you know the order in which they're actually going to appear in the menu. It's totally non-intuitive. Now, mind you, in my setup, I don't really care about that. I start the, you know, the first few letters of what I want, like Discord or something like that, and I just press Enter, and it just launches whatever the first one is. Now, if I only type in disc, then I'm going to get like the file discs or something like that, which is stupid too. But um, that's besides the point. I, I just think the start menu sucks so bad, <laughs> <laughs> and it's terribly non-intuitive for uh, for new users. So specifically, when I was doing the ham radio video, I just kind of got frustrated with it, and that whole process is like you can't even see this stuff and like i can't show what just got installed because you know when you do the ham radio pure blend packages you get the ham radio menu sub menu item so none of the stuff is actually organized that way all you can do is kind of scroll through all the uh, grids and frames of of the applications installed and say oh yeah here's that here's that here's that here's that um it's just i, I just think it's bad for like a power user it's fine because you're used to it but for like a newer user Try and transition from like another system, let's say Windows or Mac OS, where you you, know, you go into your applications and you can see them, even though Mac OS sucks, too, just because they're just stupid looking by default. Big old icons it reminds me of Windows 3.1, <laughs> Windows three one one for work groups. You can the resize man.
2: them. You know that,
3: right? Well, I know that. But I'm just saying by <laughs> default, you look at the default stuff. So you have to configure it out. If it's out of the box this way, this is the user's first first impression and use of it so there is like a slight step into this area that i think is why i hate gnome to that extent now tell me i'm wrong
2: no i'm not gonna argue with you i mean if you don't like the way it works you don't like the way it works uh there's a few things about gnome that i don't like either but i haven't really had an issue with the thing you're talking about we're going into the application list yeah. you know, to find the thing you want. Um, usually I do what you do. Just do the type in three characters. It pops up and you just hit return and away you go. Um, a f- few of the applications I use the most, I'll move them into the favorites. So they wind up in your dock. Yeah. Um, and that usually works pretty well. Um, as far as like the way applications look, uh, I can give a little bit of advice here. If you want to do a little tweaking, there's two places In your home directory, there's a directory called .local slash share slash applications. And then in the system directory, there's slash user slash share slash applications that has all the desktop files. And that contains where the icons are located and the names of the applications are located. And the syntax for those files is pretty straightforward. So if you want to make any changes to them so that you can sort of identify what applications you're running, you can do that. It's not that big a deal. One thing that's nice I noticed in 2004 that I don't think was in 1804 is there is an application for startup applications. If you go into the super menu and start and start typing startup, S T A R T E P, mm-hmm. then you get an option to go into a startup a startup application launcher thing where you just it allows you to do things like. Um, well, I use it for. What do I use it for? Well, I use Discord it for, and stuff like that? I use it for read Control-D for one thing, uh, oh, okay. to start yeah. up read Control-D on login. I use it for Barrier, to start a barrier on login. And it makes it really easy to get an application to start up on login. You can do it in earlier versions, but you have you have to go like into the settings and find that thing or the menu editor. Uh, they've, they've made it a lot easier. And another thing I'm going to say because this came up the other day when I was installing 20.04 on this machine is, and I think this is going to be a big pro tip. So here's a pro tip for people. When you're doing an apt install, use like back in 18.04 days and early Debian days and other places we would say, well, if you want to install the ham radio pure blend packages, you could do, well, if you're running the actual Debian ham radio pure blend already be installed. But if you were running Debian, you could uh, install the meta package ham radio dash all and if you weren't running that, you could do hamradio-star, and that would work. But as of, I'm assuming, 2004, because I'm pretty sure in 1910 it was different, they have changed apt install hamradio-star or the idea of the star. It's no longer a wild card. It's now a regular expression. So now if you do hamradio-star, what it's saying is hamradio with any number of dashes. Which of course is not going to match anything. So what you have to do is hamradio dash dot star, which means hamradio plus a dash plus any number of other characters, and that will work. So it has a ch- it has silently gained regular expression syntax, which will probably make things ten times harder for the average user, <laughs> rather than yes. a straight up wildcard. Um, But it's also nice that at least if you know that, then you can do a little studying on regular expressions and figure out how to get your your install to actually work properly. So, but uh, I'm not going to criticize your criticism of GNOME because I don't think it's the greatest thing ever. It's just the default for Ubuntu and it works for me. So, yeah, there you go. (laughs)
3: Like I said, your mileage may vary, but yeah, especially for like a newbie type thing, I think it's a little bit harder to kind of go to that. Level, because even like you know hitting the start and you know starting to type your application, you know I do that in Windows ten, so you know kind of used to that syntax. Now I'm sure people that are used to using Spotlight on or whatever they call it now as a Spotlight on Mac OS, or don't Hell they have the I same kind of the the fonts? Funci- the, yeah, Spotlight search, so you can do the same thing with Spotlight search and start typing. You know what whatever you want to install so, or whatever you want to run. So. i I
2: have max i don't know how to use them
3: (laughs) so yeah that's the uh the the apple button the command button yeah command spacebar and you start typing out your application or whatever and it'll just start appearing there in your autocomplete so the same kind of thing works um it's it's just the the actual menu and stuff in GNOME is horrible so anyway
2: well thanks for that (laughs) i i just i just learned about command spacebar
3: oh yeah yeah i've only been using max 1983
2: (laughs)
1: yeah
3: Yeah. (laughs) i think that came along with uh like sierra or something like that or when they improved the spotlight to be not just like a highlighter on the screen right so yeah yeah it works pretty good
2: all right cool well that i think gets us down to the end of the topics for tonight we've had some uh vigorous chat in the chat room. So that's good. Always interesting to see what's going on in there. Nothing particularly relevant, but vigorous. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: A lot of yeast and sugar and flour <laughs> stuff. I have no idea what they're talking about.
0: <laughs>
2: so all right, did I miss somebody? Oh I sure did. Look at that. I was just about to go down through the list and read the folks who are in there, but there's somebody I missed. So I'll have to put them in there. All right well it's because he showed up late that's you know that's what you get for showing yeah, up late
0: he started super late so <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah if you show up late after we start late then it's double that's bad a on you. Yeah,
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway so we should go ahead and mention the folks who are in the chat room before we hit the social media roundup for tonight and those folks were all ke5wma tom and for hi Don KC9ZMY, Dan KF5TQN, Darren VK6EK, Tony KM4HSD, Steve K7HVT, Ted W0EIR, Jonas Rulo, and Jim V5EV. So thanks everybody for being here and listening to us and chatting in the chat room while we do our little thing here. And we hope you'll uh, all hang out because it may not be known to everybody, but we record two episodes. Some mondays <laughs> so so if you're here don't go away because you get to hear another one and if you're not here then you'll hear it later <laughs> uh but yeah. with that we'll go ahead and enlist the help of our old pal cheryl w5 moo to uh do the social media roundup
0: wow now i felt like the old dog <laughs> laying on the front porch or something as
2: far as linux in the ham shack is concerned you're our old pal Uh, outside of the podcast it's a different story
0: gotcha (laughs) (laughs) whatever (laughs) so anyway this week for our patreons we had richard gordon andy webster cubicle nate darren king david jakeway donald gever douglas redder ernest tallis herb garcia john spriggs peter caffrey paul griffith ranul's Excuse me, Randall. That's an interesting yeah. name. <laughs> Randolph Smith, Robert Pitt, Samuel vine Steve Metcalf, Steve saner William Heckelman, and Jonas Rulo. We should mention him twice.
2: Oh, yeah, Jonas yeah. Rulo.
0: Yes, there you go. <laughs> Bill, Bill, who, who's yeah. listening on the show?
2: Oh, yeah, Jonas Rulo.
3: Okay, excellent.
0: For our subscriptions, we have Robert Black, Randolph Smith, Robert Halliday, James Lewis, Fred Cole, Michael Burdack, Alan Wilson, Ronald Ikey, Michael Connolly, Steve Biella, Jim McKenzie, Dylan Angle, Johnny Kinsey, Robert Yerke, Bill Piotr, Darren King, Thor Wiegman, Todd Bowers, Kevin Ivey, John Clark, Bill Collins, Jeff Zimmerman, Tony Coberly, Roger Pereira, Jeffrey Boris, Michael Carey, Steve Hubler, and Michael Jopley. On, on Facebook, we had Chris, also Jennifer. <laughs>
2: It's uh, obviously a dual
0: Facebook, Facebook page. Yeah.
3: <laughs> someone
2: doesn't trust someone. <laughs> 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 yeah.
3: If um, oh,
2: who's the who's the one from Oddcast Planet who did who does the. He's down in Florida and oh, does the um, uh, fine Corinthian leather thing. You know who I'm talking about.
0: No, I know who you're talking about.
2: Well, anyway, I'm not going to call it out. Never mind. Let's yeah. move on. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he did
0: get in trouble and she's he on
2: did, it. He did.
3: He yeah. did. But anyway. <laughs> he got himself some fine Corinthian leather. Yeah, he did.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and she's now on his Facebook page. <laughs> so on Twitter, we have at second at KE5WXM, at cata. At KC7JPC, at the Crimson86, at Ham Radio Testing, at KE5RHJ, at Beza Calico, at Speedy Tux, at CT underscore McCardle, at Lockdown Morse, at Dr. H underscore SysAdmin, and at Cincy Ham Let
2: me say a quick thing about Lockdown Morse. That is a guy who is doing, because of the lockdown, he's a British ham, he's doing a YouTube series on learning Morse code in his own sort of way. So if you're locked down and you want to learn Morse, maybe check him out. Just do a YouTube search for Lockdown Morse. Or go to his Twitter, Lockdown Morse, and Get click the on the link there. over to YouTube. Yeah. So there you go.
0: On YouTube, we had Martin Ron, Eric Bryants call mccardle and n0 ssc on the mailing list we had mark n3 can and there were no merchandise sales this week
2: all right well i think we've gotten down through it about Mm -hmm. that so we want to thank everybody once again who has listened to the show live who has participated in the chat room and helped us have a good evening we appreciate all of you and just as importantly, we appreciate all the folks who download and listen to this podcast every week as we put it out, because we wouldn't do a show if you weren't there to listen to it. So thanks very much for that. And with that, we will move on from our short topics, episode number 341 of Linux in the Shack. Wish you all a good week and hope we do it all again and hear you or you hear us again in seven days time. Take care and have a good one. I'm Russ, K5-T-U-X.
0: I'm Cheryl, W5-M-O-O.
3: And I'm Bill, ne 4 73
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at lhs lhslive Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page,